Welcome to the Jamodi Podcast, where we interview coaches and leaders to find out not just what they do, but how they do what they do. Becoming the best version of ourselves is Jamodi, just a matter of doing it. Uh, how did individual skill work into your daily practice? Uh, to me, that's really what it's all about. Um, I think that in my mind, um, simple but sound and systems that fit your player's skills and abilities. And then, so in our practice, we spent 30 minutes every day on skill development, 30 minutes on offense, defense, 30 minutes, or excuse me, 30 minutes on offense, team offense, 30 minutes on team defense, and then 30 minutes on situations and complications. So um, with that skill being 25%, as the season went on, then we would, you know, drop our practice from two hours down to 90 minutes and then sometimes an hour at the end of the year. But it didn't matter if we if we had a half an hour on the floor because there was a girls game that night or something, then we were going to spend a half hour in school development. Hmm. If we had a 90-minute practice, it was 30-minute skill, two-hour practice, 30-minute skill. Um, I just think that that's really what it's all about. Um, you know, I'm not saying that, that – I guess – I guess I am saying if I had to choose one or the other, I'd, I'd rather have players that were skilled, that understood the game a little bit, as opposed to having a specific play for every single thing. Um, I, I read this and I believe it. I, the, uh, the team that won effective field goal percentage and turnover percentage had a higher effective field goal percentage and a lower turnover percentage. If they won both of those categories, men's and women's NCAA tournament this year, that team won the game every time. Wow. So me being able to shoot and being able to handle the basketball. Now, obviously, it, it goes the other way, too, because you're going to limit the other team's effective field percentage, then you're playing some good defense. If you're going to mm -hmm. cause the other team to, to turn the ball over, if you can, um, then you're playing some pretty good defense. But I just think if you don't spend time working on kids being able to make baskets at game pace within the types of shots they get in the game with some defensive pressure and with some time and score pressure. And also being able to pass, catch, dribble the basketball to be able to put it in those positions where you can get shots. Um, if you can't do those things, then I don't think you, you're just wasting your time running offense and defense. Um, yeah, the the – the importance of skill work that you put into it, I think, is is impressive because it's the one thing that is easy to cut out as time goes on and you've got all these things that you feel like are so important. But like you said, if we have the ability to make more buckets, handle the ball, and not turn it over as much, we'll, we'll, it'll help our, our shooting and, and the, the defensive side. I mean, which side takes longer to become great at? offensively or defensively it's obviously it's the skill side and so you, you got to put Absolutely. more focus and time into that but golly I, there's probably a lot of coaches that that that's the thing that you know do your players actually all get better individually throughout the year or is it really only the one two or three that are getting the ball the majority of the time that are improving right and that you know in a play five on five like, like if you have an open gym and I, I finally realized this in the summer. You know, everybody played – well, in Indiana, at the time I was coaching, we couldn't coach them as a team in the summer. It could just be open gym. 
you know, I'd have the gym open for an hour and a half and kids would get about 10 shots each, you know, and, and, but if you do an individual skill work, you're doing like the two minute drill and some other drills and do that for 40 minutes, they can get a hundred or 150 or 200 meaningful shots. And to me, that's, you don't do that in your practice and you're wasting a lot of your the time you put in in the summer the spring and the fall and you call them individual workouts but if you don't continue that during the season then to me those skills are going to atrophy a little bit and certainly if they're not getting worse they're getting they're not getting better and i'm a big believer that if you're not getting better you are getting worse because probably 20 miles away in the next gym the team you're going to play next week those players are probably getting better so mm -hmm. in essence if you're not improving on that you are getting worse because uh, you got to keep up with the Joneses and you got to find ways to get better than the Joneses or the McCoys or whoever you're playing next week. I think it's a good reminder, uh, like for coaches, that why do individual skill work? Well, you better believe your rivals are. You know, the people you're going to be competing against, they are. And and I think that's a good way to remember the importance of it. Yeah. And again, I, you know, I, I would encourage coaches if you're not skilled, if you're not doing skill development, even, you know, Take, take your five starters and have a manager count how many times each of them gets to shoot in a five-on-five five or even in drills that you're running. And then about how many more shots they could be getting if you're spending time on skill development. Yeah, so, and players got to be careful of that during the spring and summer too with their select teams and, and select practices of uh, are, they, are they actually getting better because you know, they, they feel like, well, I'm getting seen, I'm getting seen. But are you actually getting better because – the, the time that if you take that, how many shots they actually get over a weekend, it's it's probably only 20 to 25. If the, And that's if you're a good player. How many times do you have the ball in your hand? Well, less than two minutes a game, so less than 10 minutes over a whole weekend. You know, so are you really getting better playing in those games? Or are you just, you know, trying to get seen? And there's a difference between those two things. Well, and I, absolutely. And I also think that um, – now, if you are playing on those teams, you probably do have a chance of playing somewhere in college. But like you said, if you're only hang, having the ball just a few minutes for a weekend, um, really not. No, nobody's really noticing you from that. But if you, you know, if you go out and and you make yourself better and you do skill development works workouts, whether you have a paid trainer or whether you're just doing some things on your own and working out really, really hard, um, I think that's going to help you get better and. You know, I know that once in a while you have kids that fall through the cracks, but for the most part, if you can play, they'll, college scouts will find you. They'll and, find you. They're good at it. They're good at it. And, and your coach is going to help you too. If you're, you know, if you're a player listening to this, or uh, if you're a coach, you know, advise your players. You're going to do everything you can to get them exposure. You know, you're going to call coaches. You're going to give them access to your huddle account so they can see. It has to be the old-fashioned way. You'll send a DVD in the mail. You'll, you'll find ways to get people to watch. Mm. Um, it's just a matter to me of if you're not developing your skills, then you're wasting your own opportunity because when someone does want to see you, you're not gonna, you're not really gonna have anything to show. Mm. In my mind. What were the off-season expectations for your players? Well, I think that the most important thing to me is that you're going to get better um, individually. And we always had a meeting with the with our incoming players in the spring, and just told them if you want to if you want to have a good team, 
then you're going to have to put in the time this summer. And, you know, it's your team. I mean, I'm the coach and certainly I want to win, but I'm, I'm going to, I want to tell you right now, if you don't come in and work, then you're not going to have a great team and we'll do the best we can. We'll work hard during the season. But I, if you want to be good and you want to win the sectional, and you want to, you know, repeat what last year's team did and do it even better, then you have to put in the time for skill work. Um, I, I don't, I really believe it's important that they have time to be kids. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important that they have time for their other sports as well. So what I asked was that they would come in as often as they could for a 40 minute individual development workout. Like I said, where you could get in 150 to 200 meaningful shots. Um, I really don't think it does a lot of good. To, and we did shell drill every day in practice, but I don't think it does much good to do shell drill in the middle of June. Right. I don't think they're into it. I don't think it's just, it's, we did shell drill. We're going to defend the stuff that what we're going to face this weekend. Um, run that in July, I don't think it's worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, the the standards that we had were making make sure you're taking care of yourself, you're being healthy, you're following the citizenship rules, you're following the code of conduct for the school, not breaking any training rules. Um, you know, if you are taking summer school, make sure you do a good job with that. And then, um, and then if you, for as far as basketball, all I asked was about 40 minutes. Uh, you know, five days a week, if possible. If not, three or four days, however often they can get in the gym. Uh, because I just don't think you can ask. You can't demand everything because they do have other things to yeah. do. And then we went ahead and had, had, we called them controlled scrimmages in the evening where uh, we'd have, like, the um, kids that had played previously would come back and, and we'd need to see them. And we put them on one team and then our current high school guys would play on the other team. And, it was neat to see how the the older guys kind of how much of the, what you, your system they kind of played together with, and then how much uh, you know, being older they always made it tough for the, the younger guys. So that that was kind of what I I think is a good way to handle off season. I I really like what you said about the the shell drill uh, during June, and, and how they the one they're not into it, and and is that really going to make them? better uh, at what my teams at faith uh, I've just made the decision over the years that once our season ends in hopefully you know late February early March then faith basketball is done at that point and everything that we do in the athletic period or everything during the summer is about the individual about you getting better in your skill and so it's all skill work it is not faith basketball as far as our schemes defensively or anything and because I, I encourage them all to go play select ball, if they're, the more guys that are doing that and competing against different people, learning different things, the better off we'll be next November. But I, I think, uh, I, especially when I was I was younger, I did struggle with, hey, okay, faith season's over. Now we got to prepare for faith season next year now, even though it's eight months away. So I think it's important that we keep building them as individuals, making the game more fun for them. I agree, and I think that's, you know, you have to keep that in mind. Um, I think Mia Hamm said about soccer that, you know, that there was a seven-year-old girl that fell in love with the game, you know, play for her. And that's really what it's about. I think, um, you know, Don Meyer said it's our job, it's their game. And that's what it is. I mean, it's – for them, it's fun. That's a great reminder. You don't play – Yeah. No, nobody ever goes out for the team to see how many games they can win on Coach Williams' resume. And, you know, nobody – I never had a player or a parent – Ever asked me for 
uh, resume. They they want to know what you can do to help their child have a good experience, and the kid wants to go out and and have fun. And, and like I said, you know that I know competing people that understand competitiveness. They understand you're going to have to do shell drill in, in the season, and that's not the most fun thing to do. But they understand the competition part of it. Mm-hmm. Bottom line is the whole ball of wax needs to come together to make it a fun experience for them, uh, because that's why you play. But you play basketball in high school to have fun. Yeah. And even if you have, you know, that that rare opportunity to play in college, um, it's still you're, you're doing it because you love the game because it's fun. And if it ceases to be fun in high school, then to me the the coach has a major problem, and they really need to re-examine um, how they're doing things. And every, every day, I'm not saying every day is perfect. I don't mean right. that. I mean, we all have ups and downs. We have, we make bad, you know, as a coach, you make bad choices on what plays to call. You make, spend way too much time on one drill or something in practice. So, I mean, there's there's ups and downs. There's ebbs and flows. But I think at the end of the season, if they can't look back and say, you know, that was really something special and really something mm-hmm. I enjoyed, then, uh, then we're not really doing what we need to be doing as coaches. Thank you for checking out today's episode. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, share it with your fellow coaches, and find us on social media for what's coming up next on the Jamoti Podcast. It's just a matter of doing it.